Folks, you know how we do it. We always have the heavy hitters, and we give education to the audience out here. We really want to make sure people learn from No Picture Dark Podcast. And then when somebody re- reached out to me and said, hey, there's this committee out here. Have you heard of the Greater Baltimore Committee? I was like, what is that? I have no idea what it is. So I had to Google it and find out what it was. But then I was like, I want to learn a little bit more about them. So now we have the CEO here. I'm so excited to have him here. We're going to talk a little bit further about what they do in the Baltimore, Greater Baltimore community and how they maybe impact and helping people out in businesses and whatnot. So after these messages, you'll hear from the CEO of Greater Baltimore. Who Picks After Dark is sponsored by Snug Books, an independent bookstore serving Northeast Baltimore and beyond. In addition to featuring new books for all ages, the store also carries cards, stationery, gifts, games, and more. Visit snugbooks.com to shop online, learn more about the store, read our latest newsletter, and find a calendar events, or come browse the store in person. Snug Books is located at 4717 Harford Road, next to Zeke's Coffee in Hamilton, Laurelville. There is free parking behind the store, and open hours are Tuesday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Welcome to the No Picks of the Dark podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. Folks, you know I was like the heavy hitters come on the show. I'm so excited to have this guy come on the show. You know, we met at the CIAA's, and it was great to talk with him and learn a little bit about him. So, without further ado, Mr. Mr. Mark, how are you doing? I'm good. The CEO of the Greater Baltimore Committee, how are you? I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for coming out the Northeast, man. <laughs> I'm still late learning my way around the city, so I'm like, that's my first time, like, actually hanging out in this area but it's been nice well welcome you had you got some zeke's coffee so we good no it's we, good you're good right now it's gonna work it's, it's one of my sponsors it fuels you up it gets, it gets me going every day so <laughs> i appreciate you so let's talk a little bit about you um like so what is let's talk about great ball mccain what is, is that first before we get into you so back in 1955 you had all the business leaders in the region that created the greater baltimore committee and the idea is for business leaders to support the civic future and the economic growth of the region and I was appointed as a new CEO when they merged with the Economic Alliance, which was marketing the Baltimore region for investment um, in the fall of last year and started in December. Wow. Okay. I, I love I love here. And you're not from here. No. All right. Where you tell people a little bit of background, where are you from? So I grew up in Atlanta. Okay. Um, and actually spent, uh, even after school, I spent like my early professional career there. So I was very active in like the social environment. Um I was a writer and a communications guy. So most people in Atlanta know me from that lens. And then over the last like 15 years, I've worked in New York, I've worked in Los Angeles, I've worked in Pittsburgh, all driving their economies forward. Wow. Yeah, and so when the opportunity popped up for me to come to the GBC, I had to think about it strongly, but then I realized like this would be great. I could spend really the rest of my life in Maryland, and that was exciting. Nice. Uh, But also wanted to really change and transform Baltimore in the way that we want to see an impact. Nice. So we'll get back a little bit. I love hearing that. I love that you want to help Baltimore. That is what it's about. I yeah. love the positive spin on it. I love it. I love it because this is what this podcast is about. Tell them about the positive stories about what people are doing in Baltimore. Yeah. And you're going to do something that we can learn a little bit more about further in the show. Yeah. So Atlanta, hot Atlanta. I, lo- <laughs> I love Atlanta. I love going down there. Um, so you grew up there. What was your, your favorite childhood memories growing up down there? So... A couple. Um, when I was 10, I got to see and meet Maya Angelou. Wow. That was pretty amazing. 
Um, and it encouraged me to think maybe I could write too. Um, our first black mirror in Atlanta was Maynard Jackson. Okay. And I was 16 and I was literally there as he brought the Olympic torch into the city. And so I actually have photos of being like in the audience when that happened. Um, only for him to be one of my mentors when I was a young professional. That's great. Was that the year Muhammad Ali did lit? lit yeah, it? so Muhammad yeah. Ali actually brought the torch into the... He actually lit the, the flame itself. Yes. Um, but the torch relay itself goes through all the different cities and around the world before it actually lands into the host city. And so I was there when Maynard Jackson brought it in. That's that's aggressive, cool story. That's yeah. a really. And where'd you do your undergrad? Like, where'd you go to school and all uh, that stuff? So I went to University of Georgia. Okay, um, Bulldog. Yeah, Bulldog. okay. We've okay. had a good couple <laughs> of years. Um, and at there, I actually, I'm, I'm, I became a historical figure at Georgia. Okay, I was the first black editor of their student newspaper. Wow, we got, um, wow, that's huge. Yeah, and at the time, it had been around 106 plus years. Wow. And so within like our story, as far as being desegregated and black students really thriving, you fast forward to 1999, like that's my stamp on the history. Wow. That's, yeah. come on. I, I, I'm, that's flowers, man. That is amazing. That, wow. That, I'm, you <laughs> blowing my mind right now. Thank because you. Because that's really big at an institution like that. It was. <laughs> um, and it actually, it, it also coincided with the whole conversation around affirmative action and mm. our black students making progress. So I was in Time Magazine, I was in New York Times, I was in all of the press really showing if you give black students opportunities, we can thrive. Nice. Right? And, and so I think those moments are, are still important to me because it really set me on a path, I think, to just keep pushing and keep being ambitious. Now, what was your major? Were you a, were you like a, like a, like a English lit or so, were you, because I'm trying to figure the, the connection of yeah, you, where you are now to how. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't immediately make sense, I'll say that. Okay. Right? So I actually had a professor say you should study business okay. because media is going to change. Mm. And so I remember saying, okay, that makes sense. And so I switched from journalism to business and I took digital courses. Like we were studying kind of e-commerce at the time. I actually did an internship at like a cyber company and I was our comms person. And so all of that transformation, like we were early students at the turn of the century, right? Um, and so that led to me being a, like a leader in communications. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wrote two poetry books when I was younger. Okay. And so my social capital in Atlanta was driven around being this creative guy. Wow, yeah. that, is so, that is so nice. Yeah. So you did that, you went into business, you're an excellent writer, you're, you're doing a lot of things. You, 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 you rolling. The business field. So what was your first job out of college? Yeah, so I ended up working for a company called Georgia Pacific. Okay. Their headquarters in Atlanta. They had a what we now call corporate social responsibility team. Okay. Right? And so my job was to communicate our message in Atlanta, but also manage programs that we had in collaboration with other businesses. Uh, did a lot of work with, like, the King Center and Electus on, like, pushing Atlanta forward the National Black Arts Fest. I did a lot of work with them. And so it actually taught me how businesses engage with a civic fabric. And Atlanta is actually a good model because you have Coca-Cola, you have Delta, Mm -hmm. you have UPS, Home Depot. You have all these major companies that are really partners with the public sector to like advance what people see today. I love it. I love love hearing your story. This is, I mean, you dropping jewels and gems, this is everything you're saying right now because this is good education. I like always to learn and that's yeah. about learning and learning what people are bringing to the table because you bring a lot to the table right now thank you and it actually it actually wasn't until one of my mentors said look 
you need to leave Georgia. Mm. <laughs> I remember thinking, really? Like, Why would you want to leave Georgia? Um, the economy's booming down there. That's what they call it. You know, that's, that's, that's where you go. That's Georgia, Atlanta. That's where the spot. But it, it is. But I think if you grow up in a place and you've been successful in a place, you think that's all you're kind of capable of being, right? Mm. And so she encouraged me to go to grad school, which I actually, in my mind, I didn't think of myself as like a person who got into grad school, okay. despite all I'm telling you, right? But it just shows you kind of the barriers I think we, our society can make us believe on our own lives, right? right? And so I ended up going to Columbia and studying public policy. And so okay. that's how I got to New York. Uh, and it was in New York that I was able to mesh my love for media, communications, and really the business savviness I had developed. And so I became a publisher of a magazine there okay. called City Limits. Okay. okay. And so we covered policy, we covered economic development, we covered civic issues. You, I hope you see the transformation. I see what you, I see. Yeah. What you, I see because you're, you're definitely economic development. I see that's where I was going to lead to. Yeah. Because that's so, something that's really, but that's, go ahead, I'll let you talk. Yeah, so when you think about New York, even though I wasn't from there, I was living in Harlem and I just got immersed in the city. Mm-hmm. And so you start. I started to understand, okay, how do I learn how to communicate bold ideas mm. to New Yorkers, right? And there you got, between the whole region, 17 million people. Right. And the entire press in the world, right, is like covering what happens here. And so I really, I think I became my, my most optimal self through being a publisher in New York City. I like that. Yeah. I like that. That's really cool. So... Folks, what we're gonna do is he drops some jewels and gems. But we're gonna talk about Baltimore. We're gonna talk about how he got here. How much lovely has he had the crab cake yet? We talk about the crab cakes because we got Coco's right down the street, one of the best crab cakes in the city. He probably doesn't know that yet. They probably told him downtown somewhere. But we're gonna get him the crab cake down up here and also learn about what they do, how they can help out, and how can we support. And that's what's all about. The next part, we get back. Get a sip of the rye. Give to United Way. Your gift could be the first spark of something bigger. It can help someone find, interview for, and get hired for a job and provide follow-up services for success. It can break down educational barriers and give that extra help to a struggling student within school support programs. Give today. Spark something bigger. The No Picks After Dark podcast is fueled by Zeke's Coffee. Have you tried their coffee yet? I'm telling you, there's something different about it. Maybe it's because they roast their beans in a fluid coffee roaster, which provides the most accurate roasting temperatures and made with love. You will just have to check it out for yourself and try their delicious food while you're at it. Open now for curbside service, online ordering, carry out, and they also do wholesale. Visit Zeke's Coffee at 4719 Hartford Road. Open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. And Sunday, 8 to 5 p.m. Kitchen closes at 3 p.m. Or visit Zeke'sCoffee.com and you too can be fueled by Zeke's. Hey folks, we are back at No Picks of Dark Podcast. We have Mr. Marcus, CEO of the Greater Baltimore Community. How you feeling? Good. Man, you were dropping jewels and gems at the beginning. So we got now, we got to get you in the hot seat. I'm here for it. All right. Why Baltimore? How did you end up here? How did we even find you? How Or how did you find us? 
Let's talk. Let's talk. Tell so, us how you got here. So the story actually goes back like 10 years. Oh, wow. Right? So I just finished being a publisher of a magazine. I, I decided to go back to school, and I wanted to just take time to really figure out life. Yeah. And so when I was in business school, I was studying how do economies create opportunity for people. In my mind, I thought I'd go lead like the World Economic Forum or something big. But what I realized, like I'm really an urbanist at the core. And so after I finished school, I had an opportunity to go spend a year in Los Angeles and work for a relatively new mayor at the time. And I was tasked with being this outside person who could fix big problems. And I ended up spending almost three years there working on everything from like fixing their procurement, fixing their vacant lots, fixing like how they maintain the city overall. Um, Then I went back to New York and a lot of the same issues that I was leading the media organization to write about, I was in a position to kind of course correct the way New York City dealt with equity issues um, through a role that I had there. Um, And that went extremely well. Then I ended up in Pittsburgh. Can't say Pittsburgh around Baltimore too much. I know, but I think what people have to understand is Western Pennsylvania, like it's not it's not competitive, right? These are parts of the country that um, trade and manufacturing has like decimated communities. Like when you see a town that had like an abandoned steel mill that's like four hundred plus acres of blight, like you feel like okay, how can I actually like improve this environment? So it wasn't just the city of Pittsburgh. I actually was in charge as a president of that regional organization of like roughly 20% of Pennsylvania. Wow. Yeah. So I was tasked with growing their economy, bringing jobs, catalyzing investment. Um, and I literally got a call a few months before my announcement saying the GBC, which I'd actually never heard of. Right. Yeah. And, and when reading kind of the description and reading the merger that was happening with the economic Alliance, I had to think like, what I actually do, I want first I had to make my, Self clear, I had to make it clear to myself do I want another economic development role? Mm. And I wasn't sold that I wanted to do it a fourth time. Mm. <laughs> but then when I thought hard about what Baltimore means to this country, how it's depicted internationally with the challenges and what that means to people that look like me mm. and cities that are trying all over the world to deal with issues here. Like it made perfect sense to me that this is really what I've been working toward for the last 10 years. It's not the World Economic Forum. It's not the World Bank. It's really to lead this kind of charge in America in Baltimore. Wow. So that's how I ended up here. So what drew you here? But I mean, besides that, like, besides, I know you said it, but like, was there something like that was like just special about Baltimore that stuck out to any other city in America like that? You could, been, you could be in Switzerland. You could be working somewhere else. And Baltimore is like a blue-collar, hard-working city, kind of like Pittsburgh. It is. It's like, it's, it's like a, I, I always call it like a, kind of like a sister city of it. They have the same hard work ethic and things of that nature, but it's a little bit tougher here. It's, it's, it's gritty. It, it, it's People tell you how it is. They, yeah. There's no sugarcoating it. You know, we had GM here once upon a time. We had uh, uh, was it, uh, steel, steel companies here, and they're all gone. So it's hard to really like, you know, fathom. Bethlehem still was here. Yeah. And it's just those things are gone. It reminds me of Detroit in a way. Yeah, A lot of things left. And now they're trying to rebuild it and try to get it back to where Detroit is. That's how I look at it. It is. But when you think about the the way Baltimore is presented, okay, it, it is still considered a city that has a lot of challenges. Pittsburgh, not as much. It does have similar issues around equity, 
but it is largely perceived as a transformation story. Like people fly all over the world. They want to come visit Pittsburgh and see how they've successfully mm. transformed their economy. And so in my mind, I thought if I want to continue this path, there's very little I can do that actually taps into all of the expertise I feel like I gained from creative to economic development versus here. I'm like, I actually would have to use all those skills and more bluntly, I get to build a new civic organization model at a time where they've all fairly been pretty antiquated as far as how they operate across the country. And so that was exciting to do that in Baltimore, a city that has so much culture or people I like. My fraternity's headquarters is here. Mm -hmm. So it all kind of made sense from a personal level. And then the job itself was like the perfect opportunity. So what would you say you got, well, your top goal, have you thought about your top goals that you want to do? You want to, can you share that with us? Yeah. So the more immediate thing, because I am dealing with a merger and there's like all the legalities that come with merging two entities and two boards. And so I've had to prioritize really getting my board of directors on the same page around one organization. And so we have to do a lot of that first and then I have to be rebuild the organizations. So I'm like hiring a lot of people just to build the staff back up to do the work that I want to do. Okay. And then there's like what, are, what we actually tackle, right? And the big issues here are transportation, public safety. I have big goals around economic development that come from leading foreign direct investment in New York and fixing real estate issues in Los Angeles <laughs> and watching places like Atlanta transform their economy. So in my mind, the region hasn't even tapped into remotely how I think on that issue, right? And so mm-hmm. I want to bring that level of leadership to this region and be here as we really make the transformation to a more equitable place. So, Summer, who are some of the stakeholders that you guys deal with? Is there some, do you guys deal with a lot of stakeholders? Who are, who are people yeah, behind the scenes? So, from a tactical standpoint, we have 500 members, okay, primarily business leaders, um, university leaders. Um, and their CEOs sit on our board. And so when you think about the role of having that much brain power, it's not just writing a check, it's being a partner, is deploying expertise around business systems and research capacity that can elevate the region. We're different than like a chamber of commerce. When people think of chamber of commerce, they think of entities that are kind of vying for business interests only right. versus as a civic organization, you obviously want to see the economy thrive and, and grow to the next level, but it is that long-term greater good that you're pushing for. Uh, it's, so it's more business-oriented that is on this board. Has something to do with the civics, not a quasi-board of the city, or stating like you guys are your own entity? Yeah, we're a private entity. Okay. Right? And so where the public sector does need us and where there's an opportunity to collaborate, and this is from what I saw in Atlanta, right? When, when people want to see things happen, like the Olympics or build new stadiums or create opportunities for HBCUs or help more black men graduate from college or get tech training to go into tech careers, like all of those things, business works with the public sector to make those things happen. Mm. And that's the thing that I, I'm most excited to reset how we think about that here and show the world that Baltimore, from where the business leadership can play a role, can actually move things forward. 
So what are some big companies you guys deal with that work there? And you guys at university systems or yeah, pretty much like, every company you're gonna aim of. Okay, so they're all they're all they're all, all hands yeah. involved, all hands. <laughs> okay, okay, so it's a big thing. It's a pretty big yeah. deal. I, that's what I'm trying to get the audience. Like, all right, this is who. Yeah. So uh, he names a couple of them. Name a couple of them out there. I know. Yeah, like Carefirst, Exelon, and, okay. and oh, wow, University okay. of Maryland. So they all are, are have leaders that are part of the GBC board, even the sports teams. Wow. So, because they all care about Baltimore. Right. And if anything, you'll hear people say, we don't have a business community. Like we do, but they're not part of the community in the way they should. And that's, I want to change that in the next year where people feel like it's not just a one-off leader here or there, that we actually see business leaders working hand in hand with the city to solve issues. Um, and on the regional scale, really looking at, okay, how do we be competitive the way Metro Atlanta or Charlotte or Miami, Fort Lauderdale, like all of those markets have significant business leaders that are developing 10-year, 20-year strategies to create opportunities. And with the combination of two companies, two joint ventures, how is that going so far? Everybody's married the Murray. How's yeah, the merge going so far? Going it, so- it also created... It killed a little bit of the redundancy. Okay. So there's an issue in Baltimore where people feel like a lot of the organizations are too fragmented. Mm-hmm. And so you automatically have two now as one that allows us to at least shape what a new vision is that puts economic development central to that opportunity. So I guess, what is it like? So we talked about a little bit about the initiatives, a little bit about yeah. your, so you guys are getting everything going, getting the team rolling, getting everybody on the board and trying to make everything happen. So what would be what would be something that we that the public would notice that that you guys are doing like something like wow this is what they're doing I think what they'll start to see and this will be a few months down the line is where we'll start seeding ideas and things that we believe the region needs that only has required the right due diligence before we push for it mm-hmm. right and so the, like. I mean, I've had a few celebratory moments where, like, the Amtrak line and stuff like that where people have been pushing for that. But that's – obviously, you can't do that in two months. Right. And so what I want to put together is, like, we need a comprehensive plan to grow our economy. And that means, like, as a region, I need to bring a – set a table for people. And so what they're going to see more immediately is literally engagement, listening. They'll hear a lot from me just because the role I have is very significant, I think, in galvanizing people. But that process is what they'll see first. Would you help bring in companies to to Baltimore yeah, and the region? Yeah, I think that's the to make goal. And that's what and try to tell them, hey, this is a great place to set up shop. Yeah, this is where you want to be. You know, instead of losing them, bring them in. Yeah, bring more jobs to the economy. And that's why I led for both New York City as part of my portfolio work there. And you can imagine who looks at New York, right, um, right. and for the Pittsburgh region, right? So that's the one thing that's probably most natural to me is that work. But it has to fit in a framework, right? Like you don't necessarily want to attract business if the current businesses don't feel like they have support, mm-hmm. right? So I think we need to look at the whole system and then determine is our growth strategy um, something that people feel is the right one. Would you do you see yourself working with the new governor yeah. coming up and like his team, his economic development team, and seeing what their vision is going for? Yeah, and I think what what I've liked so far, and I haven't had a chance to directly meet. Governor was yet, as far as in this role. We did meet when he was at Robin Hood and I was in New York. Okay, that makes sense. Um, But they're open to Baltimore saying what he want to be, right? And I think it's really our job to define what our region is. We're not just close to D.C. I hear that so Mm -hmm. often. But Baltimore, 
if anything, DC gets all the upside mm-hmm. of our success, but they don't deal with the they don't have to deal with the challenges. Right. And so it's almost like <laughs> it's almost like I can claim your child when I want to show that my kids make straight A's, but then if they get in punishment or if they get suspended, it's your kid, right? Like I feel like we're we bear the brunt of all of the bad press, but we're not branded around all of our successes. And to me, changing that has a sit at the forefront of anything that we do. Yeah, so you probably work with possibly like a Visit Baltimore yeah, so we or like a, a Live Baltimore or a Visit Baltimore County yeah. in those regions in the area. So talk with them and say, hey, is there like a like, because I mean, Virginia had hit it. Virginia's for lovers. Everybody yeah. knows that. You know, it's just a, it's something simple, but you're like, I know that. That's what you, and yeah. getting that whole rebranding. I think that, I think that's achievable because I mean, we always hear Baltimore's a charm city. It's charm city, you know? Yeah. That's what he's known for. But like, when you get here, you feel the charm. Which I like that. I actually like this. That oh, slogan. Okay. Yeah. Like it, it, it's stuck and it actually permeates in culture. Right. Um, but I think it plays more for the biz, for the visitor right. message, right? The part that's not for the business clear is like, if you're an entrepreneur, you don't, you know that you can go south. Like it's kind of the default thing. Right. You can go it's south, cheaper, right? a little yeah. bit cheaper, you know, things are a little bit different. Yeah. And, I, and I love that you have a, you have had so much background of working with major cities yeah. and just coming here. And like you said, it needs a merger of these two companies that doing the same thing. Redundancies doing the same thing. Like, why don't we join figure out yeah. how we can make this one big thing. And I'm very excited for the, see the future of what's going to happen because what I would love to do is follow up with you in a year or six months. Around, I'm like, Hey, What's going on? And yeah. like, maybe even do like a live show where people are there and they can hear what you have going on. So I think that's very, very important. Okay. And just people want to know. People want to know what's going on. Yeah. And they want to be educated. And that's what it's all about. No, and I agree. And something I've learned just particularly in other markets, the ecosystem wants to adapt to a vision that they're a part of, right? Mm-hmm. So if you know we're trying to grow life sciences or we're trying to in Georgia, create a film industry. Right. Everyone can say, okay, how do I then support the economic opportunity? Right. It's, you couldn't really ask people now what they envision Maryland being and then articulate a clear vision. And so that visioning is where I think I, I really want to provide that leadership because that's the area that I've been most successful in. And we've had a lot of movies that have been taped here recently, a lot of HBO shows here. Yeah. So I think that's really a really great thing. There's a show, the movie called Lady on the Lake that's coming out on Apple. That was in tape right down to your mirror. Oh, that's cool. So it was yeah. some cool stuff going on. And the city is beautiful. I got got ask you rapid fire because you're here. Cool. Rapid fire. Have you had a crab kick yet? So I have a shellfish allergy. Oh, this is crazy. Okay, I was actually okay. thinking about crab <laughs> cake alternatives. Okay. Okay. We, we can figure it out. We can figure it out. So what? So what's your go-to meal when you go home? When you're in Georgia? When you're in Georgia? What's your go-to meal? Um, I like the soul food down south and i haven't lived in the city with real good so what's so but what's so what's your dish what's your dish, your go-to dish i'm a macaroni and cheese fried okay chicken guy. what's your favorite holiday um thanksgiving and what's your favorite sports team the trick one dogs <laughs> you got which, which y'all just we just hired the ravens just hired our offensive true coach, true so there's a connection there true true and <laughs> and what i would before you leave what's the thing that you want to tell people to know walking away listening to this episodes watching it right now i want them to be excited about what i'm going to do at the gbc like when you have a long-term job you you can't change things tomorrow but i want them to know that like the thinking and who i am will enact change that they want to see i love to hear yeah. it i love to hear where can they look up on the website what's your website we can look uh, up? gbc.org 
They can also just Google Mark Anthony Thomas. They'll find all the GBC stuff. Um, but they should follow kind of our real-time message because I think they'll start to see where they fit into it. Are you guys real-time on Twitter? Yeah. Act, okay, updating so all stuff? a lot of social media stuff. That's huge nowadays. Yeah. That's what people look at first before they even look at the paper now. Yeah. So we really appreciate Mr. Mark for coming in hanging out No Picture Dark Podcast. Very excited for what you're doing. Excited. I'm glad that you came in. It was an honor to, to meet you again. And sit down, and hang out, and just chit-chat. Really so, appreciate it. Awesome. Great. Thanks for having me. Folks, love, peace, we're out. Mm-hmm.